Welcome to Corizant Technologies, home of the Digital Executive Podcast. Welcome to the Digital Executive. Today's guest is Thomas Ferdell. As Chief Product Officer, Thomas Ferdell is responsible for all aspects of product management, design, and engineering, including driving product growth and innovation of Datasight. Thomas has deep leadership experience in finance and technology. Prior to joining Datasite in 2015, he was a CEO of Smith Co. Investments. Before that, he was the CTO for several technology and fintech companies, including Snag and Intralinks. Thomas is also an investor and entrepreneur. He co-founded and led a SaaS-based company, Cambridge Technology Vision, where he invented, built, and launched the first virtual data room for mergers and acquisitions. A VDR enables businesses to share information during the due diligence process in a secure online space. He also founded Membly, a platform which allows individuals to capture and share memories, including pictures, notes, videos, and audio in a secure and private way. Well, good afternoon, Thomas. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Brian. Uh, Good to be here. Absolutely. And I appreciate you jumping on and sharing your story with us today and our our global audience. So thanks again, Thomas. And so we're going to jump into the questions here. I'd like to really dive into your career a little bit. You've got a great career in tech as a developer entrepreneur, CTO, and now you're the chief product officer at Datasite. Could you share with our audience the secret to your career growth and what inspires you? Oh, Brian, that's a great question. Uh, I tell you what, I felt like I was so lucky when I was growing up because uh, my dad bought this Apple IIe and I was absolutely fascinated by it. I love gaming. I use it for gaming all the time. I kind of wish, uh, you know, esports are so big now. It wasn't a thing back then, but, you know, who knows, maybe I could have been an esports uh, star. And uh, you know, having the Apple IIe got me into programming, and uh, and that ended up kind of branching into a whole bunch of things. So uh, my first job, uh, first summer uh, after the first year of college, I had this uh, data entry job. It was uh, a pretty tedious job, entering really long chemical names into the system. It was really boring, and the uh, the system that I was using, the database that I was using, started to uh, crawl to a halt. So uh, I asked the people that I was working with if they uh, you know, didn't mind if I tried to fix it. So I did. I, I learned this uh, programming language uh, back in the day that was something called DBase, and I made it a lot faster. And then I added this type ahead feature. So uh, if you're using search like uh, you know, in, in uh, Google or something like that now, you know, it, it'll suggest the search that you're going to type in. And I did the same thing for these chemical names. So it made it super fast. And uh, that basically got me in this track of making software. And uh, I thought to myself how cool it would be to solve problems for millions of people. Uh, Software seemed like a really good way to do that. Uh, And after college, I I worked to make some software products as an engineer. And I ended up working for uh, these really young entrepreneurs that came straight out of uh, MIT. And their example really inspired me to start a company. So in 1997, I started a company and the original idea was to go after insurance uh, to get rid of paper and to use the internet. Uh, and I ended up pivoting that to mergers and acquisitions. Um, I, I can still vividly remember the first conversation that I had with a guy who was running M&A and he complained about having to travel and about these paper data rooms. So he, he said, Hey, this is really tough. I've got people who are doing their day job, but I need them to get involved in a deal. And they have to travel to this physical room that's packed with paper, you know, everything that's necessary to understand a business. So uh, I thought, Hey, I could move that online. Uh, so I ended up building a product 
the first uh, data room for merged acquisition called the, the Acquisition Trustee. And uh, after two years, I sold my company in 1999 to a company called Intralinks. And I was there for uh, 10 years uh, building their software service platform and a large M&A business, um, you know, through to a successful exit to a private equity company. Uh, and then I spent a couple of years as a founder. I decided to move to uh, uh, Austin, Texas. Uh, I had a very fun and uh, interesting and different uh, stint as the CEO of a single family office, basically allocating capital and looking at uh, algorithmic uh, investing. Uh, and then I, I got connected to Rusty Wiley through a, uh, a, a mentor uh, and someone I'd worked with, uh, named, uh, a guy named Peter Harrison. And uh, Rusty uh, told me about this opportunity at the data site. Uh, it was a transformation story taking a, uh, uh, the original name of the company was, was Merrill Corporation. The company had been around for 50 years. And the idea was, hey, we're going to turn this into a soft, software service uh, powerhouse. And uh, what fun that was. That was amazing. Uh, I uh, was really fortunate to have the backing of Rusty and the investors to uh, you know, hire a great team, uh, build a ground-up product platform. And uh, at, at the end of the day, if I reflect back on this, uh, I'm just as passionate today about solving customer problems as I've ever been. Uh, the analogy that I use is that it's like being a chef. I want to cook a wonderful meal. And I want to see people enjoy it, and that's really how I think about uh, how I think about software. So uh, it's it's been a lot of fun. Great, Thomas. Thank you for sharing. And you're absolutely right. You know that passion and and that growth uh, continues to inspire and, and produce happiness in our lives. So thank you for sharing. I know that's going to be helpful for our audience as well. So Thomas, we're going to talk about the pandemic, right? Hopefully, it's going to lift soon and we go back to some sort of normalcy. But what are your plans? I can't for wait. Yeah. We're all there. We're all there. What are your plans for growth in 2021? Yeah, you know, deal making today is really soaring. It is amazing. Uh, we have uh, um, the new projects on our platform uh, is basically a, a reflection of deals that are at this inception phase. And if you look at uh, what we've seen, uh, our deals are up 21% in January, uh, 12% in February. 67% in March and 80% in, in April. So I think there are a lot of things that are driving this growth, um, you know, a continuing good interest rate environment, uh, vaccines, you know, it's been tremendous to see the vaccine distribution. Uh, I'm on Pfizer shot one, can't wait for Pfizer shot number two. <laughs> so uh, that's helped out a lot. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's amazing how people have adapted. Um, you know, we, we've adapted, uh, the M&A business that we service adapted, uh, where people used to be really dependent on face-to-face -face meetings. You know, of course, everything is, is being done remotely. And uh, interestingly enough, uh, when you're doing things remotely involving a bunch of people, it's actually a lot easier and faster to coordinate things. So I would say that the uh, pace of deal-making has, uh, has increased uh, and uh, sped up. Um, and uh, within our company, We've got these amazing stories of people working uh, across geographies. So where our product teams used to be kind of geocentric, uh, now uh, we're really seeing people who are working, uh, you know, on these teams where, you know, people are whoever knows where. Uh, and, and it's working. And it's working great. You know, we've adapted a lot of technology to, to do that. Um, 
And uh, we've hired so many new people too. A lot of new people we haven't met in person. So uh, we're really, you know, for, for us, we're really excited about, uh, you know, we have this opportunity to serve all these deal makers. And, you know, right now it feels like the winds at our back uh, in terms of um, uh, M&A. That's awesome. And, you know, I think, again, I always talk about the pandemic and the silver lining being all this innovation. You know, I think people have really figured out their, their full potential uh, within their business, uh, even as a, as a leader or a person. But now if we go back to some sort of normalcy, I think um, we've, we really are going to probably even take this a step further as far as growth within our organization. So thanks for sharing. And Thomas, you're obviously leveraging some new and emerging technologies within your tech stack. Is there anything specific you might be able to share with us today? Sure. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I like to think that we've got all the cool acronyms in our, uh, in our tech stack right now. Uh, CICD, microservices, you know, all, all the, the, the things, the ways that people want to build technology now. Uh, we've got this in our platform uh, and it's been great because, you know, someone who's been around technology for a long time, I look at all this stuff as really managing complexity uh, and managing change. So if you've got something that's structured well, uh, you can uh, scale it up uh, better, faster. You can reuse it easier. And uh, some of the things we're, we're pretty pumped up about are things like micro front end. So where on the back end, we've seen um, you know, the creation of uh, APIs, like REST-based APIs, and a separation between your user interface and your back end. Um, and, and then the decomposition of your back end into these microservices that can kind of be in their own swim lane and be scaled separately and be kind of robust and resilient because if, if one service goes down, you know, the other ones are still uh, working. Uh, now, you know, it looks like there's an opportunity to do this on the front end and to create these components and, and to, uh, there's, there's so many good JavaScript frameworks now, but uh, you know, you just never know which one is going to be the winner. So micro front end kind of allows you to insulate yourself from that and uh, apparently, you know, have these reusable uh, front-end components kind of matching what you've got on the back end. So I think that's pretty cool. Uh, from a customer perspective, uh, I'm really focused on uh, using AI. So uh, we've got a lot of people uh, doing work in Python, all with this goal of creating a magical experience for our customer. And what a magical experience means to me is, uh, is doing things that appear to be uh, clever, uh, that save a lot of time for them. Uh, so we've uh, taken the way that people organize documents and information, uh, and we've cut the time down to uh, organize that information. Because when you put together a data room, you have to put together lots of info about a company. And we've taken that time, we've cut it down by about 45% uh, by uh, creating these AI models for uh, categorization of content, for uh, suggesting where they might go into a complicated folder structure. Uh, so that that's just an example of the the type of we're headed in, and uh, I I uh, really hope you know the more people we can get, the more developers that we can get that are familiar with AI techniques, um, it would be so useful because then they would bring that into their problem solving. And, and right now there just aren't that many people who uh, who think about problems in an AI way. They typically think about it in a rules based way which is the way that engineers, you know, kind of are, are trained uh, or were trained and uh, brought up to, uh, to develop. 
I appreciate the share on that. I absolutely agree with you. And we get to talk about some really cool things that we're doing across the globe as far as new uh, technology and AIs, certainly at the forefront, along with quantum computing, blockchain, and many others. So thanks for sharing, Thomas. I appreciate that. So Thomas, last question. Can you share something from your career that would be helpful for those looking to grow their career in either tech or entrepreneurship? Yeah, definitely. The first thing I'd say is, uh, is just get going. <laughs> so there is a magic to uh, putting, uh, you know, your ideas out there, uh, whether it's, uh, you know, when you're working for a company and you're trying to solve a problem, the moment that someone puts an idea out there is, you know, if you're, if you're not too wedded to it and you use it in the spirit of collaboration, then uh, people are so good at refining things. Uh, so I, I tell people to just get your ideas out there and there's a magic to being the first person to, you know, to kind of get the ball rolling. Uh, because my, my view is that I want to harness the collective intelligence of the people that are, that are around me. And then um, when it comes to uh, entrepreneurship, it's all about the customer. So uh, engage with real live customers as quickly and as early as you can and as often as you can. And uh, we found a couple of principles, uh, you know, over time that seem to work really well to do this. One is uh, this concept of uh, don't don't guess, test. So uh, forget about navel gazing. Like, go talk with real customers about the thing that you're doing, and uh, make sure that you're headed in a direction that solves a, a valuable, a meaningful problem for them, uh, and that you're doing it in a way that that's compelling. Um, bring the future into the present. So um, make prototypes because a prototype is a lot faster and easier to make than the, than the final thing. So you can get uh, real customer feedback based on a prototype that uh, looks good and sort of feels like the real thing, even though there isn't anything behind it. And, uh, and the last thing would be this uh, concept of Shoshin or beginner's mind. So, uh, you know, see what you can do to look at, the things that you're doing, the problems you're going after, whether you're inside a company or you're, um, you know, doing your own entrepreneurial thing and uh, look at the stuff that, uh, you know, for a customer uh, might be obvious, but for the people who have been in that space, uh, maybe they've just become blind to it. So uh, that to my mind is all, is, is all about that uh, beginner's mind concept. And um, last thing is that, Tech is made by people. So, you know, show that you genuinely care about your people, uh, grow your people, you know, be that place where their resume is going to be better, uh, you know, a year from today than it is right now. And then uh, what can you do to create an environment where they want to stick around for a long time? Uh, that, to my mind, has proven to be something that uh, creates a great environment, uh, both for you know the people on the team and for uh, for me. That's awesome. And you're right, you know, having that uh, culture, having that trust, taking care of your employees uh, ultimately takes care of your customers and it makes a very synergetic world. So thanks. Thanks again for sharing, Thomas. And Thomas, it was a pleasure having you on today and I look forward to speaking with you real soon. Brian, thank you so much. Appreciate it. Bye for now. Bye.